Welcome to Tip of the Spear, powered by UMortgage. This podcast is all about uncovering the truth behind VA loans for our nation's military service members and for veterans by VA loan experts themselves. I'm your host, Dave Higgins, the Senior Learning Specialist here at UMortgage and a veteran myself, having served six years with the U.S. Army. Join me every Wednesday and Saturday to learn from mortgage loan originators who specialize in veteran loans about how you can maximize your military benefits and make your dreams of home ownership become a reality. Welcome to Tip of the Spear, a podcast with mortgage loan officers who are on a mission to advocate for veterans and for our active duty service members out there and really just protect them from some predatory mortgage lenders. I'm your host, Dave Higgins, here again today with Arthur Bryson out of the great state of Arizona, who's going to be talking with me a little bit about how you can use different types of income and even disability to help you qualify for your VA mortgage loan. Arthur, my friend, great to have you back. How are we feeling? Man, I'm feeling good. Feeling good. It's great to be here today. Love it. Love it. And love having you on here. You always give us such great insight and walkthroughs. And today's topic is a little bit of, I don't want to say a doozy, but there's definitely some elements to this. A little bit of a, a peel back on the onion, especially when you're talking about how a veteran or how an active service member would qualify, what income they can use, disability, how does that play into it if they have a disability rating. So I think the first place to start with this type of topic is, is on that income side and specifically about how the VA, when they're qualifying you for your mortgage, they do things a little bit differently in terms of how they qualify you on the net income that you get versus gross income. Because a lot of other types of loan programs use gross income, but the VA uses net, right? So can you walk us through that? How does that work? All right, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so qualifying is is essentially based on the, the gross income. However, there's a residual income that's going to be based on the net income and, and the residual income is basically after. So after like you take out all your you know, the debts, obligations and, and uh, monthly shelter expenses, um, what do you have left over to cover like your family's living expenses? And um, and this is going to include, you know, like child care as well, you know, child care. Um, they're looking at things on your, you know, on your credit, um, like all of this is taken into consideration when looking at the residual income. The main thing, at least my personal opinion is, we never want to make, we would never want to put a veteran in a worse situation. If you're just looking at gross income, there's many things that can be missed. Like say, if you're just, you know, a veteran may have maybe a couple of credit cards, but could be paying, you know, I mean, this is crazy, but twenty five hundred dollars in you know childcare expenses, and that does go uh, towards the residual income. So, you know, if there's it in many situations, one income household, especially if it's a, a, a veteran who's active duty, um, and let's say you know that they you know 
hey, use childcare, you know, off base or, or whatever it is, off base housing and use, utilize childcare, there's expenses that, that will come up. So uh, let's just, I'm just going to open up here just so we can take a look at. Yeah, go for it, please. Requirements. Um, talk about that real quick. So, uh, so let's say for a a veteran who is single. All right. Um, like a residual income requirement for let's say for a loan amount over eighty thousand, that would be four hundred and fifty dollars. So that's all they would need to have to have a leftover after all their expenses, which is not much. Okay. That's not a lot. It's really not a lot. Um, you know, having our $450 left over now, I understand in today's day and age, $450 yeah. left over may seem like a lot. Um, but again, when we're talking about what's calculated, we're looking at, you know, credit, what's on the credit with credit cards, car payments, things of that nature. Um, but also they may have childcare expenses, which that moves them into not as a single, but as a, a household, that would be a two person household, a, a veteran with a dependent at that point as a two person household. So in that situation, they would need to have, let me grab it here. Uh, they would need to have about, depending on where they are. So let's say here in Arizona, they would need to have $823 left over, okay? Because that would mean a veteran and one dependent, that's a family size of two, so $823. Okay, all right, all right. So so that that's the amount of money that after they pay for, you know, that the $823 or that other $400 number that you mentioned earlier, that's just after they've spent all of their money on everything else, their you know, other bills, childcare, all that sort of stuff. They just have to have a set amount of dollars left over. That's the residual income. Is that what you mean? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Okay. You know, again, I've rarely seen it verified in the bank account. Well, we need to see this every month. No, this is what we calculate based on the okay. YouTube analysis. All right. I see so where they put it is up to them. But this is just what we calculate. Now, if family right. five, okay, like myself, would have to have you know one thousand one hundred fifty-eight dollars left over. I got you. All right. So, so that residual income calculation is going to be done just based off of, again, all the expenses that you've got, and it's going to be dependent on your situation, right? So if you've got a large exactly. family like yourself, or you're just a single guy or gal, it's just going to, that residual income is going to, going to depend. And there's a calculation that it sounds like, you know, loan officers would have to run this, this information to figure out like, yes, do we have enough? Do we not have enough per what the VA wants? And can you qualify for that? Absolutely. Loan? That's exactly I see. I see. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right. So I wanted to back up just a second here and, and kind of unpack something a little bit more. So this is something that this residual income thing, this is really only something that the VA does, right? And, and it's done based off of your, your what we call net income, right? So after taxes, at, kind of after everything else. So residual income and net are kind of the same thing. And, and that's different than how a lot of other loan programs, your conventionals, FHAs, those would be done using what's called gross income, right? Am I, am I yes. in there? For the most part, yes. I mean, conventional okay. uses the gross, but FHA is leaning, uh, depending on the situation, but they will, are starting to lean towards the residual hmm. income calculators on, on Govilon's FHA and USDA. It's a case-by-case -case situation. Oh, I got you. I got you. All right. All right. So that, yeah, that, that residual income side, I think, is specifically on the VA side, though. They're always going to look at that residual income. They're going to look at everything you make 
And then they're going to take out all of the other stuff that you're paying for. Again, things like, you know, including your childcare, everything else in there. And as long as you've got enough money left per, based on who you are, right? Again, it's going to be different depending on the size of your family or if, you know, if you're just a single person. But that's what they're trying to figure out is do you have enough left over in order to and that'll tell you if you can qualify or not yes yes indeed all right yes, all indeed. right i'm with you there i'm with you there all right all right so yeah. the all other right. thing that 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 a lot of other not necessarily every veteran well i hope not every veteran has this sort of thing but you know how, how does uh how does disability income play into that whole residual income calculation how does that play? all right so disability income is is tax-free income okay so there's no you know no one's taking taxes out of it. It's rare that nice. you see uh, you know, taxes taking from someone's disability income or, I mean, I, I, I don't I don't think I've ever seen it. I'm sure it happens, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Okay. So um, I've seen taxes taken out of Social Security income. Um, but again, that's something that will be reported on tax returns because, uh, so let's say if someone has disability income and they have Social Security income and also uh, they may, you know, work part time. In that situation, some of their Social Security income is going to be taxed. All right. Okay. And then you can only use the taxable, the non-taxable portion of that to gross up. All right. You can gross up, gross up the tax-free portion. You know, one hundred twenty-five percent. The non-taxable portion can be gross up one hundred twenty-five percent. And when that happens. Remember, we were talking about this before. If you gross up the income in any way, mm -hmm. shape, or form, you're also grossing up or increasing the residual income that you'll have to qualify with. So that grossing up actually also helps out the residual income residual mm -hmm. income requirements. It increases as well. the residual income requirement. It doesn't necessarily help it. It could hurt. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm with you now. I'm with you now. All right. But but that disability income side of things, if you have a disability rating and you're getting disability, it's all tax free. Did I hear that right? Um, most of the time it is tax. Nice. It is you know, tax free. End quote. I mean, come on. We earned it. I mean, really? <laughs> we earned believe it. it. I mean, believe you me. Yep. I wouldn't even say it. And that was just off the top of my head. The disability income is not something that is. It's really not a gimme. It comes, It most of it has come with a price, a heavy price. Of course. Um, you of know, course. there, especially the disability that's 100% and um, not able to work, you know, you are unemployable, all right? That's, okay. that's all a person can get. That means they can't work. Of now, course, it, right. You know, so, that might be all that they have, especially let's say if someone who's, you know, younger. Yep. And waiting, you know, uh, unless they go through the process of getting the additional government disability um, income, a lot of times that's what they have. And they're trying to take care of a family off of that. Right, right. Of course. All right. So, so yeah, like, like you said, like the least that can be done for sure, the least that can be done. How about, you know, if you do have that that disability rating, um, and I'm sure it depends on how much it is, is there any other benefits that you get from having that disability rating um, on the specifically on the mortgage, right? So oh, absolutely. waive certain things, like can that stuff go away, you know, anything like that? Yes. The, the first thing is the VA funding fee 
Um, mm-hmm. Veterans who have a disability rating, even if it's 10%, you okay. know, um, the VA funding fee, they're exempt from the VA funding fee, it's waived. So it should not be on their mortgage, whether they, they are purchasing a home or refinancing a home, the VA funding fee, which again, if it's a first time um, home buyer or a veteran who's using their VA benefits for the first time, you know, that's going to save them depending on, you know, the loan two point, I'm sorry, 2.15 or 2.14, I believe um, on a, especially if they're doing it again. So if they're buying another home, it's going to save them like 3.3%. Just because, I mean, dude, that is, so let's say if you have a $500,000 loan, that's saving you right off the bat a minimum $15,000. Just because that funding fee is waived, well, right? Because otherwise that's they have nice. to put that funding nice. fee on top of the loan, that which increases your loan amount. It's going to increase right. your payment as well. Very nice. Very, very cool. Okay. All right. Very cool. So, so that's that's one thing, right? The funding fee goes away. Is there anything else that gets waived on top of the funding fee? You can think. I'm just curious. You know, with with the disability rating. Well, it depends in some in some yeah. states. Okay, in some yeah. states, and I know uh, here recently, I believe Maryland has uh, just passed a state where a veteran can qualify to uh, be exempt upfront from taxes, property taxes. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's actually, a nice little deal. To, uh, to, to some of our you know our our uh, trade association aim. I believe they're the ones that, that spearheaded that project. Um, so big shout out to them uh, for getting that done. So state um, dependent, that's, huh? That's a real, and I know Maryland, Maryland's, Maryland's one, but there might be other uh, other states out there as well. So definitely look into it as what it's, it sounds like. See if uh, if you do have a disability rating, see if you can get that waived. That's a really cool. There's other um, states. I got the list here of the other oh, states. Oh, please, yeah. Uh, let's see who has that. So there's Alabama. You know, these are, are states that will allow 100 uh, percent. This is total permanent and total VA disability rating on tax exemptions. Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Hawaii, um, Illinois, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Nebraska, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, uh, South Carolina, Texas is a big one. And Virginia, you know, Texas has ginormous property taxes. So this, <laughs> that's good. All right. So I hope you're listening in, uh, everyone out there. If you were listening to, to hear your state, absolutely. You might want to uh, look into that and, and ask around about it is, Hey, can I get that property taxes waived? That's, really, hey, that's and cool. Just let me share something. Uh, Please. A, this is a nasty plug, whatever. The advantages of being a broker, right? A couple of our investors, if they already know that, um, you know, this is a VA loan, right? A couple yeah. of our investors don't even uh, make us keep the taxes escrowed into the uh, into the mortgage right off the bat. A couple of them will allow us to exclude the taxes, although, you know, client still has to qualify with the tax payment. But mm. you know, we've already got it on there. And that's something that is very rare that you'll mainly find only on the broker side of us being able to do that, because most retail will still put in the taxes, regardless if you know, you're going to have them waived eventually. Uh, they will still make you escrow those taxes and insurance and getting that money back. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> so, working Good with to the know. Broker, yes, especially huh. working with a broker, a knowledgeable broker who can set up your loan correctly. 
uh, to have the taxes not being escrowed up front. That saves that, dude, that saves deals. Because think about it. A new build in Texas, you're depending on where like Dallas County, you're paying 3.2% tax rate. That's it's a big deal then. Yeah. That's a lot. Thing, <laughs> and property ain't cheap in Texas either. So that makes a lot I mean, of sense. I've seen, really ta- cool. I've seen the tax payment alone monthly, a thousand dollars. Like really? All right. So another another thing, right? Make sure you know this stuff. Make sure you're working with someone who actually knows this information, right? You, and again, the broker sounds like the better way to go. So, you know, stay away if, if possible, right? Or at least talk to a broker on top of talking to your local bank, you know, talking to, uh, to any other retail institution out there, you know, besides just banks, there's obviously other ones out there, but uh, but definitely another advantage of, of the broker side. Very, very cool. All right. So the other thing I wanted to ask about was um, actually applying for the VA disability, right? So um, you know, do you know how actually how to go about doing that? You know, we've been talking about disability income a lot here. I'm just curious. Do you know how a uh, vet would go about applying? Uh, yes, I have. I've done it myself. Oh, well, <laughs> all right. You got firsthand experience. Tell us about all it. All right. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to bash the VA or anything like that. I love the VA, <laughs> but, you know, you know, we're just going to leave it at that. But the simplest, easiest way to get started, uh, is to set up your e-benefits, uh, profile. Okay. And that website is, uh, e-benefits. I'm sorry, it is ebenefits.gov. And, you know, if you're, you're a veteran, uh, especially a Norman, you should set that up anyway. Okay. Uh, you set up your profile. It'll, you know, pull your records. It'll have all your service records in there as well. Um, you know, you just have to give it some basic information when you served and whatnot, you know, when you left active duty. But most of the time, it'll be able to find you with your social. Um, it'll have the list of benefits you may qualify for. If you've never used any of your VA benefits, which is not just your loan benefits, you have educational benefits, you have uh, certificate uh, benefits. There's so many things that that are there for us, especially those who have recently left active duty. Okay. Okay. Yep. Uh, but that's the best, that's the first place that I would go. You can go there. You can uh, apply for your disability that way. Now there's a process, and you need to make sure that you have. If you're going to do it online, you need to make sure that you have all of your medical records, your service records, you know, from every place that you uh, were, you know, where you deployed to and and where you were stationed. You need to make sure that you have copies of your medical records. Okay. And if it's been a while and you've seen, like, you know, a civilian doctor for things, you need to make sure that you at least have access to that. Otherwise, you have to give them access to it, which could make the process longer. That's what I'm doing with right now, personally. So. Uh, okay. Um, All right. You can also use a third party, which is called a, a VSO, a Veteran Servants, Veteran Service Organization, uh, and they file a claim through them. Uh, they have claimant reps, and um, um, let's see, you can use an attorney, a claims agent, or an attorney can help you fill fill that out as well. Okay. Those are the three major ones that that, that I I know. All right, and it sounds like uh, one of those things where. If you're interested or you're thinking you might want to use disability income specifically for a mortgage, but just in general, you want to get uh, on that as soon as humanly possible because it might take a little you bit of time. Make sure right? it's with the verified. Yes. Yeah. There are some people who will say that, oh, yeah, I, I'm, this is my, this is what we do. And there's a lot of veteran facing organizations, which yeah. I'm sure are, uh, one of our, I can't wait to see that one where one of our peers <laughs> here is going to get on and, and talk about some of those veteran facing organizations with veteran in the name 
We've oh, chatted about a couple sure. already. <laughs> it's going to be more. So, people, look out for that one. That's yep. going to be a doozy. That is going to be a <laughs> um, Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. All right. All right. Awesome. Well, well thanks thanks for walking us through that, Arthur. As always, we, we appreciate all your insight and everything. Where can our folks find you if they want to reach out to you on social media, uh, you know, ask you questions about VA mortgages uh, in the future? Um, always A. Bryson at umortgage.com. Um, 480-650-6697. That's my direct sale. Or uh, facebook.com backslash mortgage myth buster. And uh, as soon as we get uh, get my act together, I'm sure there'll be some ticking talking going on and some Instagram. <laughs> Got you, Can't uh, wait for that. I mean, Can't yeah, not wait for that. Tick-tocking. Give me some tick-tocking. <laughs> All right. Well, Arthur, we really appreciate it, man. As always, thanks for your insights and looking forward to chatting with you again very soon on another episode of Tip of the Spirit. All right. All right, Dave. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much, y'all. Be good. Be safe. Stay vigilant.